This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Youth Baseball Talk. Only on lineupmedia.fm. Now your host, Jim Cromer. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of Youth Baseball Talk. I'm your host, Jim Cromer, and I want to remind everybody that we couldn't do Youth Baseball Talk if not for our great friends over at the Rope Trainer, Earl Perrin, John Smoltz, Chris Verna, you know, the three musketeers there. They've developed a wonderful tool, a wonderful training aid, a wonderful device, all in an effort to help save these young arms, uh, to, to help train and prepare the, the older arms to handle the rigors of what we're asking these young men to do, whether they be Nine you all the way up to the major leagues. It's just a tremendous device. I ask you to just do your due diligence and check it out. TheRopeTrainer.com. Look at the testimonials. Look at the scientific data behind it. I can't wait to have Chris Verna on and talk to him about uh, the, the test studies that they had done on this thing. It's an amazing device. I've said it once. I'll say it again. You know, we've seen Jaeger bands in, in bullpens all across America, and I think that's great. I think the next thing for us to see is the Rope Trainer in a bullpen. Uh, before a game in a dugout all across the country. I think it's a, that big of a deal, in my opinion. So I do appreciate them supporting the show as we couldn't do it without them. Again, they're phenomenal people. I want to remind everybody that uh, youthbaseballtalk.com is our website where you can find the show. Uh, one of the greatest things about the website is that you can go back and listen to past episodes. I've had tremendous guests on. I've had Bob Tewksbury, Matt Lyle, Kevin Wilson, Justin Stone, Darren Hendrickson, Yadier Molina, Mike Matheny. I've had, you know, and there's so many more that I'm forgetting, uh, so many people that that have made the show what it is today, and without them I could have never done it. Uh, make sure you check that out. At Podcast Baseball is where you'll find us on Twitter. I love Twitter. If you're a baseball person, if you're especially involved in it, I'm going to follow you back. I think it's a true way to stay on top of what's happening minute by minute in the game of baseball. People tend to tweet out things when they're, uh, whether it's good or bad, when they get passionate or get or get fired up about something. And again, I've said it once, I will say it till I quit doing the show. We can't fix these things if we don't have open discussions about them. Uh, hold bottling up inside, uh, talking behind someone's back, bleacher talk as we like to say, uh, undermining people, that gets us nowhere. So it doesn't really mean much in the grand scheme of things, if we don't agree, but the bottom line is if we can talk about it, maybe we can figure out what the real problem is. So I think communication is key. Facebook, of course, all you got to do is search us there, Youth Baseball Talk as well, and cannot thank the people at lineupmedia.fm enough for having us on their wonderful network. They know that your entertainment time is valuable. If you check them out at lineupmedia.fm, you're going to find another podcast, I guarantee you, that kind of tickles your entertainment funny bone. Uh, means a lot to us. Don't forget the emails. I love them. I love them. I love them. I'm sorry if I don't respond back to you right away. We're getting more and more every day. Some of the great segments that we have on the show, people are, you know, emailing us, asking us about those topics. That's I love that too. You guys are coming up with topics that you want us to talk about. I love it. That's kind of where this series came about. We're into that tough season, uh, and and really, if it wasn't for somebody saying, you know, man, I don't know what to do, I may not have thought of it. So again. Info at youthbaseballtalk.com is how we communicate with you as well. I mentioned earlier that um, I've had some great guests on the show, people that I think are important, people that I find to be influential within not only the game of youth baseball, but the game of baseball in general. Uh, there's uh, so many times that I know the show can come across as we're talking down at people or we're saying, hey, don't do this, you're, you know, you're doing this wrong or don't act this way, or you, you've got it all wrong. That's not really what it's designed to do. Again, I mentioned it. You have to have conversation before you can figure it out. Uh, as I've done the show now for a couple of years, I've come across and met some amazing people. Uh, some of them I found just like you can, research. That's what I ask you to do is do your research. Everybody's got Google. It's the greatest thing in the world. Now, when you find something, now you, gotta re now you really got to look into it and find out is it fact or fiction. One of the guys that I've had on the show before that really helped propel me to another level because he has such a large following is a guy that I think a lot of. Uh, he's one of the first guys that I found when I started researching this uh, amazing topic of youth baseball and what I thought I could do. Uh, as I kept Googling, as I kept searching, no matter what keyword I put in, it seemed like this guy's name kept coming up. So I started doing my homework on him a little bit, really checked out his message, and it is an amazing story. It's an amazing message said 
over and over again by an amazing guy. So I want to welcome back to the show, by popular demand, I will tell you, as noticed by all the people that have asked me when he's coming back on, yours and mine, Steve Springer. Steve, welcome to the show. Hey, Jim. What's up, bud? Oh, wow. What a great introduction. Now, if we could all just lower our expectations about 50%, we're going to have a great conversation. <laughs> well, you know, when I was starting the show and as I was growing, um, having some of the guys on that have large followings, I'm listen, I, I don't try to claim to have had a, 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 an epiphany about how to do this. The reality of it was it was people like you coming on my show and then you sharing it and helping me reach an audience is really where it came from. So first off, I, I'll never be able to thank you enough for helping me put Youth Baseball Talk on the map. But the truth of the matter is uh, your you, message your message is firm, it's real, it's um it's a it's a story that needs to be told, it's an opinion that needs to be told, it's a way to approach things that needs to be told and I know you've touched so many lives with what you're doing that I just think it's really important and uh, and again as evidenced by the amount of people that have when I still like I get a th- report every week uh, and it tells me how many people have downloaded the new show. What I love about it is people binge listen and go back. Your show that I did with you, what, almost two years ago, is still one of the most popular shows each and every week. Well, I think that's awesome. I think you do a great job. And, and you know, youth sports right now, I mean, this is the culture. This is, this is if we're going to change the culture of youth sports, it's going to start. It's going to start with the youth coach, but really it starts before that with the youth parent. And because I don't care how, who's your coach, uh, as a parent, you are your kid's number one coach because you live with them. So the things that they tell them and the things that they put in their mind are the things that are going to stick with them because it's pretty much a routine of a daily thing, you know. And we always talk about, you know, the ride home after the game. Well, it doesn't have to be a bad thing, you know, all the time. It could be a good thing. And, uh, you know, whether I'm talking to a major league all-star or the dad of a 10-year-old, my message is the same. And this is you know, what I love about what I teach. And, uh, you know, if we, could, if we could create a culture of youth parents and youth sports where we make this the most positive sport going, because right now it's the biggest self-esteem destroying sport in the world. You know, I mean, uh, I don't need my coach, my parent, or my teammate to beat me up. The game's going to do it by itself because I could do everything right. And baseball says I suck or softball. You know, I hit three balls right on the screws right at somebody and I lose. And this is what this is where the traps of the game are. So you know that makes sense to a major league all star, and that makes sense to the dad of a ten year old. So I love it. Well, you know, your message is received by a lot of people loud and clear, and it means a lot to so many people. That's what I think is is the most amazing thing. I know you follow the show, and I do appreciate that. And you know, we're doing the, you know we've done the three part series on tryouts because it's such a it's sad to say this, but it really is. It's such a stressful time. It starts with the player surprisingly we have to talk about the parent because they get involved in tryouts one way or another and then obviously uh, the coaches have to deal with it as well so we've kind of done this three-part series to this point and we've talked about what you can expect at tryouts what coaches look for how to handle them things like that at the end of the day something that you in my opinion are an expert on is the mental approach and the mental side to this wonderful game of baseball uh, you have a different outlook on it than most because you approach it head on, and that is the one thing that we all deal with at one time or another, and that is failure. Uh, in my opinion, from what after meeting you and talking to you and learning from you, it seems to me that the players that can handle this failure and that kind of accept it and say, I'm going to look it right in the eye and I'm just going to do the best I can, those kids are the ones that kind of seem to separate themselves from the others. Your thoughts? Well, I get the emails all the time. I have a big tryout, and, uh, you know, what should I do? And uh, sometimes I'll joke with them. I'll go, well, make sure you show up with tension, anxiety, and pressure. You know? <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, let's have some fun, bro. I mean, let's, let's let, you know, baseball's not a three-hour timeout. Nobody's in trouble. I want you to have fun. I want you to relax. I want you to play with calmness, toughness, focus, having some fun. And, and that just sort of gives you a little bit of, of freedom, you know, and you start talking about tryouts and, and depending on what level you are. Because at a high school tryout, the parent's out of the picture now, right? The coach wants no part of you unless you're giving him money for a fundraiser, right? So it's like, you know, Little League, I know dads are coaching and stuff like that, so there's two different things. But, you know, I think the tryouts are, are important, but you the, the important thing is to try and get the right player playing at the tryout. And so there isn't any tension no, or anxiety and pressure. You know, my brother played six years of pro baseball, Gary. And he got cut his freshman year in high school. 
it was like the biggest shock. I write about it in my book. <laughs> I just wrote a book called Springtime, and it's like it's in the book because it was such a powerful, uh, just a letdown for our family, knowing that my brother made All-Stars every single year, best player in the league in Little League. And then he played basketball his freshman year when all the other kids were in the baseball class. And so the coach got to know all those people. My brother got like a one-day tryout and didn't make the team. And But he didn't quit. Uh, obviously, it was very disappointing, but he worked hard and, and went out for the next year. And he's MVP of the team. And the next year, he's two-year varsity. And then he's all-state junior college. And then he went and had a full ride to Oklahoma and played six years of pro baseball. So I want to talk about if you do not make the team, what happens? Well, two things are going to happen. One, you're going to be devastated and you're going to quit. Or two, you're going to work harder. And, and a lot of times kids will get cut because of their physical stature. They haven't grown yet, right? I mean, I was 4'11", 90-pound freshman in high school when I went into high school, and probably the only reason I made the team because my brother was going to be the star of the team. You know, and I was always a really good player when I was 9, 10, 11, 12. I didn't grow an inch from the time I was 12 to 15 going on the big field. But even though I made the team, I got three at-bats the whole year, you know. And I get the emails all the time, oh, you know, you know, when's he going to grow? Or, or you, you know, he, you know, too many kids quit this game at 13 because of the pressure that's put on them by the one who loves them the most, us parents, and Johnny Testosterone coach yelling at my kid. And this is what I can't stand is when kids quit the game because of somebody yelling at their kid when they're 10 or 9 or, or 12, you know. And, and so now all of a sudden – they're quitting with their little kid body, let alone their young man body or their man body. If I would have quit, I have no idea what I'd be doing right now. Probably something in sales. But <laughs> I, I love what I'm doing, Jim, because, you know, I do talk to Major League All-Stars. I just left the Blue Jays uh, to just do straight quality at bats. I'm speaking all over the country. I'm, I'm in Houston right now. I'm going to Brown University this weekend. And whether we're talking about a tryout in high school or – or preparing for a major league game, you know, in, in, in this tryout thing, you better show up with confidence to compete and, and have some fun and, and, and get the right guy playing. If you show that tension, anxiety, and pressure in a tryout, if I'm a coach, what, what's he going to do during a game? <laughs> and so, you know, I, I shot out a tweet this morning. If you ever play in I don't give a crap mode, and then you start hitting, and then you start hitting, you start giving a crap again. So go to a tryout and I don't give a crap mode about me it's not about me it's about me helping my team and i think there's a little bit of freedom in that thinking because sometimes we care too much sometimes we want to be perfect and perfect's a bad word it's a bad word in life it's a terrible word in baseball you know we always talk about baseball being a game of failure oh, i went out to lunch with augie garrido the other day you know what he's called it he said it's not a game of failure it's a game of opportunities and and how are we going to take advantage of these opportunities and that made so much sense to me you know, and you, you talked about it at the beginning of your show about always talking baseball and learning. I mean, I didn't come out of the womb with what I know, man. I, I learned it from my, my teammates, my coaches, you know, uh, from parents. I mean, I, I keep learning. And I don't know, man. I, I, I feel that, you know, if you could get the right guy showing up to the tryout and having fun and trusting in your abilities, I think it, I think it should work out. Well, okay, so for all of our listeners, they're saying, okay, Steve, I got you. All right, I'm on board, man. I'm on board. But, man, but, but what if? But, man, what if I fail? What if I, what, if I, what if I just don't have it that day? And that coach, he didn't see the best me. That's, man, I, that, that, he didn't see what I really had. I, you know, it's, man, I, I know what you're saying, man, but, but man, I got I to gotta do my best. I got to do my best. What, what about, you know, what, what do we say to those guys? I would say exactly what I just said, bro. Go give it your best effort. Have fun. Get the right guy showing up. If for whatever reason you do not make the team, yeah, I'll let you be pissed off for about a day. And then you go back into working hard, maybe try and get on a summer team, try and get on another travel ball team, keep playing. Uh, you know, if you like your abilities and your abilities aren't showing up, it's not your abilities problem. It's what you're thinking, right, and how we feel and how do we get the right guy playing. Uh, you know, the, the mental side of everything is – is so powerful, and we always talk about, you know, batting practice and tee works and, 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 and flips, and for me, that's checkers, and we're all good at that. I mean, the chess game starts at 7 or 3 o'clock or whatever and get labeled a, a baseball player and a gamer, and, and if I'm a coach out there listening to right now, 
and I got an undersized kid that looks like he's pretty athletic, I asked that kid if he made an all-star team when he was 11 and 12, and, and I'm keeping that kid around, right, because he just hadn't got his man body yet, let alone his little you know, young man body. But those are the guys that end up panning out, you know, the small kid that has some ability, that has some instincts, that has some compete in him, uh, that just doesn't have the body strength yet. You know, if I got cut, I'm going, I'm going to the gym, bro. I'm getting a new body, right? especially the high school level. I'm getting stronger because you don't even know the impact that body strength will have on you. You know, I mean, I went from a second string second baseman to an all-conference shortstop. You know, I got cut in college, by the way, uh, and, and then I grew four inches when I was 20. And I was always a really good player, but I just didn't have the physical strength. And now I'm six foot with a new body, and now I get, you know, full-ride scholarships coming after you. So, you know, it's like you talk about it. It's how do we handle – you know, the failure of not making a team, well, it's going to give you a pretty good gut check of how, how tough you are, you know, because I always talk about baseball being about calmness, toughness, and focus, and toughness is the number one out of all three of those, because if you're not tough, not only you probably won't play in high school, but there's no, you don't have a chance to play pro baseball, you know, you have to be tough in this game, you know, and, and you know, sometimes you're going to get some adversity, how you handle it, it's like I said, I didn't start in high school as a senior, and I got cut in college. And I played in the big leagues. Now I'm teaching major league all stars how to compete. So there, it's all how you handle stuff, in my opinion. So you know, th- you bring up a great thing as far as when you know for those kids. And I'm not going to call them poor kids. I mean, adverse characters built through adversity. We know that there's a lot of kids about to get cut from a baseball team here in the next seven to fourteen days, based on when you do this whole thing. Some as early as today. Um, and for those kids, I love your message. Now. This can go a variety of ways, and we all know that where parents get involved in this especially, it can go this way too. Oh, the coaches had their favorites. We didn't attend enough fundraisers. We didn't do it his way. We didn't get along real good with so-and-so, and and they're up the coach's butt. Um, We didn't pay enough into the, you know, blah, blah, blah. We could go on and on. You know where I'm going. What's the message there? Well, that's a tough one, man. I mean, I, I haven't had a lot of experience with that, so it's hard for me to give it. You know, when my son played, you know, he was, he was good enough to make the team. He wasn't a star. You know, he barely started himself. Uh, you know, it's just, you know, it's part of the, so it's not, it's like part of the system now. I mean, you got to get along. <laughs> you got to get along with people. I mean, it, you know, I, I've seen some, like, if, if I was going to pick a travel ball team right now, I'm picking parents. I'm not picking kids. <laughs> You know, because I want to be around good people. You know, you got this great player and this dad's an idiot, man. Really? I, I don't need that. You know, but as, as far as, you know, making up an excuse of why I got cut or why, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure I'm on that. I believe that if your kid has some ability, most coaches are going are gonna to want, want your kid on the team. And, and if not, you know what, if it makes you feel better and make up an excuse, whatever, that, that's fine. But <laughs> I would I – would, uh, you're going to know real quick on if your kid really wanted to play or not on what he does after he gets cut. Yeah, that's an interesting thing. I, you know, you hear that. You hear people say that, and I, fortunately or unfortunately, and, and I b- agree with you, I think a lot of it's inside, right? You hear a lot of coaches, and I've heard them tell kids, you know, keep going, keep trying. There's no reason you can't come back next year. Try to improve. Try to do these things. And, you know, you see a kid do it every now and again, and it's great. It's awesome. But you see a lot of kids that are like, I'm done. Well, I mean, you, you probably didn't love it enough then. I mean, there's I say it all the time. There's somewhere for you to play if you really want to play. Yeah. I'm, I'm not real concerned with somebody being done once they get to high school because, you know, maybe they're not good enough. I mean, sometimes it's, that's just the bottom line. I'm not on when a kid quits before he's 13 years old. That's what I'm not on. Because now, now it's just like this guy never even got a chance to play with his young man body, you know. So this is what I love what you do with your shows and, and, and teaching parents and teaching kids and, and teaching coaches. You know, I just spoke in front of 4,000 coaches at the ABCA. I had uh, travel ball teams contact me after that. I had a major league manager co- contact me out of that. And he wants me to speak to his major league team. So it, it, it's just a matter of, you know, what we're going to do with the information that, that, you know, that I teach, what other people teach, you know, I mean, it's, 
There's so much good information out there. You hit it in your intro, man. Get online. Get the Internet. You know, there's a lot of bad information, but you know what? That's up to you to decide if you're going to use it or not. You know, it's like I said, I didn't come out of the womb with what I teach, man. I'm learning from people, and, and I always want to talk baseball. I mean, I'm like a walking CD, man. My wife is so sick of me talking about baseball, <laughs> but yet she, but yet she likes our house. So it's sort of a double edged sword. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good one. I like that. You know, we got a lot of people out there right now, Spring, saying, "Okay, Steve, I'm on board. I buy what you're saying. Um, I get it." But man, it's real easy to talk about it. But man, when you got to do it with this person that you love, it's your job as a parent to. To, to, to help your son or daughter in this case. It could be either grow and, and you're, you're supposed to be there for him. So while I get what you're saying, Spring, man, you, you had a son. You just said it yourself. He made the team. He wasn't a starter. Were you practicing what you preach there, or does it get harder when it's your own kid? Well, it's always harder with your own kid. I mean, I, I mean I've heard Greg Maddox gave, yeah, send his kid somewhere for a pitching lesson. But, you know, it's like it's like when my do- when my daughter was 11, I tried giving her tips. She's like, "Dad, you're not the coach." And I'm like, "You're right, honey. Go go listen to the plumber." <laughs> you know, so you know, it it is what it is, man. It, it's we love our kids so much. We die for them. Yet most of the time parents are are throwing little mental daggers at them and beating them up and and this is what I want to stay away from. I mean, uh, you know, if, if you didn't go to your kid's game that night, you couldn't make it. It's not how many hits did you get. It's how many good at bats did you have. It's how the team do. It's it's building them up. You know, I, I love the line that our kids are playing the biggest self-esteem destroying sport in the world, and, and and I truly believe it is. When I can do everything right and baseball says I suck, uh, there's something wrong with that picture there. So it, let's just say baseball is a game of failure. Well, then you better change what you think success is then. And and this is what I teach, you know, and uh, I, I just made my new wristband compete with confidence and hit ball hard. You win, you know, and, and, and until there's a hard hit contact title in the big leagues, lining out's going to suck. Right. But once they say, you know what, I netted more balls than anybody in baseball. And, and it's a trophy and it's an award and it's a, you're a six time champion and you're going to the hall of fame. Lining out sucks, you know, and, and just, I'm going off spiel a little bit, but it's like, you know, it's like the biggest main vein in my speech is the batting average, the biggest trap in the game, right? Your kid's career starts me say, I don't care what I hit, right? I can't have a goal where I can do everything right and go 0 for 4. I hit three balls around the screws right at somebody and I suck. It makes no sense. And all of a sudden you get the wrong guy playing. You know, everybody's like, oh, there's spring, man. Get rid of the batting average. I'm like, hey, bro, I'm trying to help you hit your highest batting average, by the way. There's not a confident batting average stat and a non-confident batting average stat. It's one stat that has no brain. It does not care who's showing up. And I know what you feel like because I did it. I went one for 20, 30 times. I went 10 for 20, 30 times. Right? But this is, this is my whole new thing, Jimmy. It's about, it's about playing every day like it's opening day. Right? Nobody in the history of the game should show up to your tryout like it's opening day. How fun. I got no yesterday beating me up. Right? I told that to Paul Goldsmith one time. He said, dude, that's brilliant. Game number 162, I shoot him a text, opening day, shoots me a text back, I friggin' love you. You know, it's reminding us on staying in the process of today. And and you know what the batting average is? The batting average is yesterday, and I don't give a crap about yesterday. That pitcher doesn't give a crap what I did about yesterday. It's about today. It's about getting great and being a better competitor than you are a player. And if that doesn't happen, you are an underachiever. So well, I'll tell you what, I, you know, the cues that you the, the 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 quotes, the cues, whatever you want to use, those that come from you are so awesome, in my opinion, both from and I, I've been all things in this. I was obviously played a long time ago. OK, and I think back to wishing I had the knowledge I had now. No doubt about that. I can't go back un- until I get a DeLorean that goes 88 miles an hour. I can't go back in time. Right. So um, <laughs> but I wish I knew then what I knew now, which I think most people our age feel that way can't do it but I've been a parent and a coach in this and I've tried to instill these things and teach kids to have a different thing the one thing you said to me a long time ago and our listeners and you just brought it up again which I think is the most amazing thing in this whole deal is we need to redefine success Uh, success it looks it looks a little bit different to everybody but when you start understanding what real success is versus what you've traditionally thought it was I think you can then go out and be the best player you can be so of all the things you've ever said to me, that is the one that kind of changed my opinion about what it was all about. And, and it just, it's an amazing thing if you really think about it. 
Well, the, the reason I am so passionate about it, because I've been doing this for 15 years, and I have so many examples when people buy into it, and, and the turnaround in a system, the turnaround in an organization. I, I spoke, to university, spoke to University of Texas, Augie Garrido, maybe 2012. I'm in Austin, two weeks to go till the season's over. I didn't know how they were doing. I know they're assistant coach. I said, hey, you want me to talk to your team? He's like, oh, dude, I'd love for you to, but we, we, oh, you ain't going to pay you, man. You ain't going through compliance. I said, if we go 6-0, and oh, we don't make our conference championship. We came in ninth place, top eight teams went. I said, I'll do it for free. I go in there, Jimmy, and I couldn't have spoke better to their hitters. I'm about ready to leave, and my buddy's like, oh, you want to see again. I go in there. He's like, okay, buddy, we're going to pay you for that, and I want you in here next year for three days. I went in there for three days. The same exact spiel I would give a travel ball team of 10-year-olds. For three days, the same exact team with freshmen and nobody else was one game away from the national championship game. And wow. it's, they didn't get better physically. They got better mentally. They got great at getting 25 confident players showing up with an attainable goal to hit the ball hard and help their team win. It almost sounds simple until you go 0 for 4, and then 0 for 4, and now you're 0 for 8, and you're like, oh, crap, we got to get a hit. You know, but when you hold everybody accountable, and I play every day like it's opening day, Right? Nobody in the history of the game has ever walked up the plate on opening day with no confidence because they got no yesterday beating me up. But trust me, it creeps in on day number two <laughs> because now we got it yesterday. And, you know, I spoke to the University of Arizona two years ago. I spoke to Coastal Carolina two years ago. You know, and you got both teams in the, in the World Series, and, and, they're, and they got great coaching. And I'm not taking credit for their whole system. But just the fact that they've given me a little bit, that I've helped them a little bit with the mind, See, the mind doesn't know the body's not doing it, and all of a sudden we start visualizing. We start seeing ourselves having success. We start thinking differently, right? And, and we're going to get 25 confident players to show up, and it doesn't mean we're going to win every game. It means we're going to get the right players playing because there's no truer statement what I teach. Every single player from travel ball to the big leagues has two players in them. I got a confident Mark Trumbo who's a star, and I got non-confident Mark Trumbo who sucks. It's not good. He can't play anymore. Right, but but and this is why the opening day mindset works. This is why hunting speeds and all the stuff I teach about hitting works. Right, too many hitters try and hit everything; they're not ready for anything. Right? If I told you here comes a fastball, 100%, you can't put a good swing on it and go play soccer. You got to be able to do that. But sometimes it's okay to sit off speed if you think you can get it. If you're going to get it. It's one of my favorite analogies on on sitting on off speed. How come we could all hit the breaking ball machine in the cage and it turns invisible during the game? It's because we know it's coming in the cage. Well, you know what? Until I get two strikes on me, bro, I'm in control in this box, and I don't have to swing. And everybody's like, oh, you're a guest hitter. Yes, I am. But it's educated guessing. And let's get one thing straight. Guessing, sitting on, anticipating, looking for, it's all the same word. Guess just sounds bad. I told this to Trumbo this year. It's like my son. We talked three, four days a week for the last seven years. I said, bro, too many hitters. I mean, we've all played blackjack or 21, right? Too many hitters. Too many hitters are, it's like they're sitting uh, on 16-0-0, like they're going to strike out. I said, bro, we're splitting aces here. I don't have to swing. He's like, that's your best analogy ever. Right? Too many hitters hit like they got 16 on them, oh, oh. And, dude, I don't have 16 on me until I got two strikes. <laughs> no, I, I love that. And I've told people, you know, I've got two sons. The older one has become a pitcher only. And he looked like he might be a good hitter when he was younger. Um, you know, he had a good freshman season, then it didn't work out for him. And people would ask me, they're like, well, what do you think? Because, man, he's big, and when he hits, he hits it hard. I said, the only thing I can tell you is, is he's taken every 3-1 fastball he's ever got in his whole life. And they kind of would look at me like, well, so? And I'm like, if you don't understand the mental approach to hitting and taking 3-1 fastballs, I, I can't help uh -huh. you then because – that what I'm telling you is, is this kid was always looking for a walk or just to find a way to give it. He never had the confidence of I'm here to do damage, and you have to have that. If you don't have it, it's hard to play this game. I I had six thousand at bats. If I was oh oh one oh two one three one, I call it deep sea fishing, man. I was I was going deep sea fishing. I'm throwing singles back. I was trying to hit a bomb, right? And then and when you have that mentality of driving the ball, your singles are harder. Right, and, and you're not going to you're not going to hit any bombs or doubles trying to slap singles around, and and this was the whole thing. It was about you know I played in 1591 minor league games and I had 1592 hits with this approach, you know, and and, and it, but you know what? If I could have walked a little more, it might have been a little bit different. I had one coach tell me, Spring, you got enough hits, you don't walk. 
<laughs> I mean, I, I was like Jose Springer, man. I was like a Dominican that, you know, they, <laughs> they, they got the reputation for swinging the bat off the island. Well, that's what I was. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Jose Springer. Hey, I got to say, um, you know, we've addressed how to approach it. We've addressed, unfortunately, the kids that may find themselves on the outside looking in. The one thing that I always say, and, and I know we're, we're running up against time here, but um, I got to ask you this one because this is what I find always interesting about situations like this. We've talked so hard about tryouts, what to expect, what they're looking for, how to approach it, what you should be doing, how you should be working, how you should be doing this. What's amazing to me is, is um, the, you know, Facebook's great for this. All the kids that are trying out, congratulations, you made the team. Everybody acts like there's this big relief, right? Well, I'm sorry, folks. Now you've made the team. This is where the real work starts. Tell us a little bit about, in your opinion, the approach now that we've made the team. Well, I mean, yeah, now, now the lineup's got to be made. You know, and it's like I always said, I mean, the best thing about this game is you're going to be evaluated every single day that you play by somebody, right? I got drafted because there was 50 scouts, see Rick Aguilera, Wally Joyner, and Corey Snyder. Well, there's travel ball teams being made by coaches. There's, there's going to be high school lineups made now by what you do on the field and you know there should never be any pressure as long as you're prepared if you're not prepared there's going to be a lot of pressure you know it's like somebody asked me do you get nervous speaking in front of 4,000 coaches I said yeah if you ask me a chemistry question you know <laughs> well, I mean we're talking baseball here I was prepared you know and it's the same thing and, and if I could give these kids any advice it's give yourself permission not to be perfect just be good man right just be good I mean, if you can't laugh at yourself, you, 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 you'll get a real job. I mean, I, I struck out six times in one day in a doubleheader, and I get my seventh at bat, and I'm, I'm as, I, I get 0-2 quicker than crap, and I get a base hit to left, and I come in the dugout, and I say, nobody strikes me out seven times in a row. I may be six, but not seven, you know, and you've got to be able to laugh. You've got you to be able to want the fifth at bat when you're 0-4 for four strikeouts because that's when heroes are made. Instead of, oh, crap, boy, you know, if two guys get out, I get a hit again. I mean, th- th- this game, boy, you, you chose, a, you chose a, a, the greatest game in the world, but it's, it's so complex on, you know, and, and, but we make it even more complex because we're not thinking right. And, and, you know, the best thing I ever did in my life was like, what I put on, I know, what I know on a CD. And it's as hot now as it's ever been. I got my new academy. Get in my academy, qualityatbatsacademy.com. And you could upload your swing. I got over 30 videos, podcasts, and, and I'm the same guy every single day. I promise you, right? It, it's like I said uh, when I said I'm a walking CD. Uh, there's no lie in that. I mean, I'm so addicted to trying helping people and helping kids, and and too many players let their mind get in the way of their ability instead of help their ability. And, and let's let's say let's say you don't have the greatest ability. You really think you could show up with no confidence? And, and, and compete and, and get it done, and you want to play at the highest level? You think everybody in the big leagues has five tools? No. But everybody in the big leagues is, is a great, great competitor. And I love that line, man. You, if you're not a better competitor than, competitor than you are a player, then you will underachieve because now it's a thought. Competing is a thought. It's an action. You know? and, but, but having success – you know, in baseball, well, let, let's change what we think success is now. It's like the analogy I use if I took two teams, I said, this team, I'll give you $1,000 for every time you compete, hit the ball hard and help your team win, and this team, I'll give you $1,000 for every time you get a hit. What team you want to be on? And, I mean, it's a no-brainer. I want the attainable goal. I could hit the ball hard. You know, I could control that. But it's nine against one, bro. You can't control getting a hit. So when you change what you think success is, it's just all about getting the right player playing. Simple as that. Well, I'll tell you what, it's, you know, I'm glad you brought up. I was going to tell you, you need to let all of our listeners know um, quality at bats. It's a it's an amazing thing to, to, to learn from. It's an amazing tool. It's amazing. Divide, you know, just the, the CDs. You said you're a walking CD. Quality at bats dot com is where you can find some of these great tools that you can use. They're used by everybody from little leaguers all the way up to the pros. Uh, there's some other ways to find you on social media. What are those, Steve? Uh, Twitter and Facebook. Sign up for Facebook. Get my email. I mean, th- this is really going well. I just wrote a new book called Springtime. It's like the baseball version of Rudy. Uh, you know, in, in our academy, you know, when I did it, I, I overcharged. You know, I didn't know what to charge. You get in my academy for the year for $89 now. You get all my access for 89 bucks. It's 
you know, you can upload your swing. I got 30 videos. We keep adding content, all to try and help kids and parents. And, you know, for me, I mean, we're, we're spending that on a half an hour flip session once a week. And now you get access to everything I teach Major League All-Stars for 89 bucks for the year. I don't know, bro. Oh, and, hey, Jimmy, I don't know if I told you this, but I, I, I just came out with a commercial. It's coming out in March. And it's going to, you know, to try and get the CD, DVD, and uh, about 300 commercials. I think we're putting out 150 in, in California and 150 in Atlanta. See how it rolls. Well, let me tell you what. You can come on here anytime you want and hawk your stuff because I think it's that important. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm, ha- I'm, ha- I'm happy to let you come on and talk about your stuff because, you know, I – I, I, I'm going to close with this. Um, I think about the day that I met a good friend of mine that helped my kids become better athletes. And it was a statement from him when I was watching him work with these kids. And, you know, it looked like a track session to me, right? And I remember saying to him, I said, oh, you know what? My kids are just baseball players. And he stopped me. He goes, I, he goes okay. He goes, and my guess is going to be you've spent a lot of money on hitting and pitching lessons. But have you ever spent a dime on helping them become a better athlete? And I kind of just looked at him and I thought, holy cow. Well, I use that same analogy with you. I can take all the lessons in the world and I can do this and I can do that. But if I helped them mentally prepare for what, as you eloquently put, is a, just, a, just a beat down sport. Self, what, what's the word you use? Self-deprecating? I mean, it is a... Biggest, biggest self-esteem destroying sport in the world. Yes. I, it is a fact. It is true. Uh, and I, I will tell you, since I've changed my opinion of what success is and I've tried to help my kids, it's hard to teach a kid what success is and isn't because they want to get a hit. I get it. But if you can help them understand that, (laughs) if you can help them understand that at a young age, you can see the confidence grow. And that's why I think what you're doing is so important. That's why I'm proud to have you on the show anytime you want to be on. And it's my goal to have you start coming on here all the time, to be completely honest with you. I'll selfishly say that. Uh, I would would love to do it. And and, and here's here's my new little favorite line. Is if we're just te- and, and trust me, mechanics are important. Hitting lessons are important. But if we're just doing hitting lessons only, we are serving the appetizer and we're skipping the dinner, the mental side. And, and we're buying three hundred dollar bats. We're spending seventy five bucks for a half an hour flip session, and yet we're not teaching them the mind, the approach. Because I used to think baseball was about the mind of approach and mechanics, all three important in that order. I've almost changed it to this is about the approach and, and hunting speeds. Because I don't care how confident you are if your approach sucks you will lose your confidence and so they're really all three together <laughs> i mean it's just you know you need them all but i i just feel the approach will give you confidence and and then, i mean if you have a good mechanics that should give you confidence but if you're looking for everything and you're not ready for anything you will lose your confidence so i love it man well i definitely want to come back and thanks for having me on bro no i appreciate it. hey what the guy say in the movie it's an easy game you hit the ball you catch the ball you throw the ball it's easy right <laughs> i love it hey make sure make sure you, you get my new book also i just wrote a book called springtime and i'm getting great feedback parents i know your kids love reading <laughs> yeah right uh and, and and it's a great read it's going to inspire them it's going to it's I think you'll like it. So thanks well, hey, again, Jimmy. No, no. Hey, let me tell you something. We're, we're very, very happy to have you on, and we do appreciate your message. And thank you so much. All right, brother. God bless you. That is Steve Springer. Um, and I call him the one and only because he is the one and only. If you listen to him talk, it's infectious. It's, uh, it's something that you can build on. It's something that you can take away. Always little snippets. I think you have to do this with anything you get involved in when it comes to the game of baseball. You're going to hear so many things. You're going to see so many things. But as Steve uh, kind of reiterated off what I said, you have to do your homework, right? And there's certain people that you're going to meet in this life that you just get a good vibe or a good feeling about, right? I tell you, Steve is one of these guys. The bottom line is he's here to help. He's here to give you some truth. And, and that's a big word in, in youth baseball. I'm sorry. But he's here to give you some truth. The minute you start... Uh, accepting what's really going on versus what you've always kind of thought to be true, you can free yourself from that. The thing he said to me that made the most impact in the relationship that I had with me and my kids as far as my ability to help them was to try to first learn myself what success and failure really was and then to try to instill that in them as my kids, but also the team I was coaching. I tried to parlay that to my kids. I remember when I first started telling them, guys, we have to look at what success really is. I remember having a bunch of uh, at the time, I want to say they were 12 when I had first met Steve. I remember them looking at me going, 
what do you mean, coach? And I had to explain to them what success really was. And what I found was a bunch of kids that went out and played with passion and fun. And we really did help some of them. Now, it's hard to help them all because everybody's different and learns. And Steve's always been on that, too. Certain kids develop both mentally and physically at different rates. So we can't expect them all to do it at the same time. But when you can affect some kids, whether it's today, tomorrow, or the next day, you have to take that very serious, and you have to take that opportunity and do something with it. I love what Steve's doing. I highly encourage that you check it out. And again, all I'm asking you to do is just go to qualityatbats.com and see for yourself. Google it. Check out some reviews. Check All you got to do is look at some of the pro guys and listen to what they have to say about Steve, and I think you're going to be sold just like I am. We're going to take a short break, uh, and before we do, I want to remind everybody to make sure they go to theropetrainer.com. Check out the wonderful device that my friends Earl Perrin, John Smoltz, Chris Verna, uh, just the amazing things that these guys have come up with. It's scientifically proven that this will help you not only get better, but help save your arm from these unnecessary throws. Make sure you check them out at theropetrainer.com. We'll be right back. Today's show is presented by DaVinci Smart Drink. Order yours now at lineupmedia.fm forward slash DaVinci. DaVinci, excite better thinking. You need a mental boost? DaVinci Smart Drinks were designed with professional thinkers in mind. With key ingredients shown to improve cognitive function and increase mental energy, DaVinci Smart Drinks excite better thinking. Drink a DaVinci. Let it go to your head. Thanks for uh, sticking with us through the break there. Really appreciate it. And again, I hope you enjoyed the interview with Steve Springer. He's one of my all-time favorites. I think he, uh, he's helped more people than he can even possibly imagine. Uh, the power of social media, the power of the ability to share uh, a great message, uh, even people that you've never met before. If you're out there doing good things and you're changing people's lives, uh, the great thing about us as a society is that whether it's good or bad, I guess, we tend to want to share things that affect us. Uh, it's awful when it's things that are bad, but when things come into our lives and they make a big difference, we're more apt to tell people about it. And that's, you know, how I feel about Steve. I've heard from so many people that have found his stuff, whether it be just Googling him, seeing him on a YouTube video, seeing him in a, in a video on Facebook or catching a tweet or an exchange between him and somebody else or happen to see him at a, at a convention talking or whatever it may be. When you have that ability to affect people that way, uh, I think you have to take it very seriously. And I think you need to take that gift and do something with it. And Steve's done it. I've been fortunate to have many people on this show that I feel that way about. And Steve is one of them. And of course, uh, you know, I could have him on and I would love to have him on every week just for a few minutes, just to, just to remind everybody, you know, some of the things that he mentioned. And the one thing that, He's said to me when we first met and talking about this whole thing as we were talking about the first show we were going to do, the thing that he said that stuck out with me the most was sometimes you have to redefine what failure is. Uh, from such a young age, we instill in kids that failure is striking out or making an out. That's that's not really failure, you know, in the game of baseball. So sometimes we need to look at it and come up with what are we really trying to accomplish here? Well, you know, hit the ball hard play the game the right way, work at it, give a great effort, have a great attitude, surround yourself with great people. Uh, I have to believe that, uh, you know, although it's a game and nothing's ever guaranteed, that you'll have some sort of success if you follow those simple principles. So I do appreciate Steve very much. Like I said, I think he's a, a must-catch a must catch guy, and what must-catch means to me is if it's Twitter, if it's Facebook, if it's a uh, 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 if he's nearby your area talking at something and you have the opportunity to come on, I just, I think it'd be amazing for you to check him out. You know, there's lots of people I feel that way about. Uh, the next guy coming up is a guy that I do feel that way about. You all know it. I've said it numerous times. If he's ever near you speaking, if he's ever somewhere teaching and you have the opportunity to see him in person, he's an infectious guy. It's one thing to be knowledgeable. It's another thing to be able to teach. It's another thing to be able to relate to kids. But when you care and you're passionate about what you do, it becomes infectious. And uh, whether you're the parent, the coach, or the player, uh, it's the kind of guy that you want to run through a wall. And that's Justin Stone with EliteBaseball.tv. He comes to us each and every week here on the show with his tip of the week. I'm very excited about today's topic um, because this is one we get here a lot. Uh, I know that our Ask Rick segment, which will come up next, I get this question about 30 times a week. And I want to say, 
well, we've we've hit on it on some shows, but you know we've talked about it on so many different shows. I don't really know which one to tell them, but this is an always important question that parents ask, and that is when is the right age to start individual baseball or softball lessons for that matter? So uh, I'm real excited to hear what Justin has to say this week. And again, I encourage you always to check out EliteBaseball.tv. Take it away, Justin. Thanks, Jim. This is Justin Stone from EliteBaseball.tv coming to you with the tip of the week. And a frequent question I get around the cage is when should my son or daughter be ready for individualized or private instruction versus the group instruction or just practice that they're doing with their team or their coaches? And this is a different answer for every individual. And the first thing that I start with is, is your son or daughter mentally ready to learn? And what I mean by this, and, and I own a, a private facility and we do tons of lessons from starting at six years old all the way up to professional players. And sometimes that six, seven, and eight-year-old player comes in and just wants to have fun. And the, the parents are okay understanding that we're going to get reps in, they're going to learn a little bit, but they're just going to increase their enjoyment of the game. And that's fine, that's okay if you have the disposable dollars in order to do so. But in reality, when are we really getting something out of the personalized instruction from the private instructor is when your child is ready to learn. And what I mean by that is do they have the mental capacity to really take in information, concentrate, digest that information, and then use it to some degree. And that's a different answer for every child. You know, for instance, I have a, a daughter that is just starting to hit the ball off t-ball and she runs around crazy and has the attention span of about six seconds. I don't fight that. She's not ready for my detailed private instruction yet. But sometimes you get really mature young kids that do really take in verbal cues and information well. They can take a demonstration from a coach see it, see that modeling, and then turn it into something like their own. So sometimes we get seven-year-olds that I feel like are really mentally capable of taking detailed instruction and getting something out of it. And sometimes the 10-year-old isn't ready for that. And really, you know your own son or daughter best. The higher energy kids in the batter's box uh, tend to have a little less uh, an easier time of seeing that coach demonstrate something or take in verbal cues, slow down and process it. The higher energy player wants to be active. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's kids being kids. But you do have players that are ready for that at a younger age. So that's the first thing I ask. Are they ready to learn? Number two, expectations when you first get to a private lesson. When the, I'm dealing with the youngest of athletes, I'm usually teaching them less about the swing or less about fielding a ground ball or throwing a baseball as much as I am learning or teaching them how to use their bodies. Just be better athletes. So we have to have some perception of what our body parts are doing in space before you're gonna be able to make fine-tuning adjustments to a hitting or a throwing skill. So part of the stuff that I do is just basically uh, our basic dynamic movement. We do things without a baseball bat and I have players move on their own, critique that movement and give them just basic body movement drills because all that translates into what we're going to be doing in a specific baseball skill. You have to be able to do a gross body movement or body pattern before you're going to be able to manipulate a bat and a ball and produce a similar movement. So sometimes people say, well, wait a minute, we really didn't hit that much today in your first lesson. You talked a lot and we did a bunch of drills that were look more like plyometrics because that's precisely what your son or daughter needed. The last piece of this is the drills that we take home. The prescription that I give for athletes when they leave the cage that day is specific to them. So coaches or, or parents often ask me, well, give me two or three drills I can do with my player at the age of six or seven that's gonna all of a sudden make them like Mike Trout. And it just doesn't work that way. I actually don't have a huge repertoire of drills that I go to every day and say, these are the ones that are the money makers and this is what's gonna take you to the next level. I do what the player needs. So it is based on individual need. Sometimes that's general athleticism. Sometimes it is a baseball specific or hitting drill, but it goes to the individual. So I don't like to make blanket statements of this is the end all be all of drills. There are certain ones that I go to on a daily basis because I think they accomplish a lot of things, but it is specific to your child's need. So those are three areas that you need to digest a little bit. Think about before you dive into the world of thinking the private instructor is gonna take that, that player to the next step. 
we want to make sure that we're using and allocating our dollars wisely. So we have to make sure that our player is ready for private instruction before we dive in the cage one-on-one. -on -one. Until next time, this is Justin Stone from EliteBaseball.tv. Until next week, we'll see you on the field. Thanks, Justin. Appreciate it. And of course, your guidance is always appreciated by many, many out there. And you've uh, affected so many people, especially in your area. And as you've expanded your game really almost globally now, I know you have a crew in London as we speak uh, and growing the game of baseball with some clubs over there. So again, another guy that I encourage everybody to check out, EliteBaseball.tv. There are certain people in this world that have the ability to help people. And, and you know, when it comes to the game of baseball, Justin Stone's one of them. When it comes to the game of mental strength, Justin Stone's good at it. Again, back to Steve Springer. So these people are all important, and that's why I just encourage everybody to make sure you do your follow-up on some of the guests that we have. Uh, the next guy comes to you each week here on uh, Youth Baseball Talk. He's sponsored by Blast Motion. It's a device that I've seen him use numerous times, both with my son and many players in the cage. Uh, the data that he gets back from that is nothing short of amazing. It just, you know, I think about when I was a kid versus what they're doing now. Uh, you know, and I tell him all the time, it's one thing to have this stuff available to you, but to be as good at it as Rick is and be able to use it instantaneously and help a young man make adjustments and get better is why I think this game continues to get better and better and better from a skill standpoint. Um, you know, we, we know the game is changing every day. Kids are throwing harder. Pitchers are getting nastier, but yet hitters still do their thing. So there's got to be something to it, and I don't know that they'd be having the success that they are having uh, without some of these amazing tools, without some of these amazing teachers. The Ask Rick segment uh, that's brought to you by Blast Motion and St. Louis Pirates Nation has become really popular here. I get more and more questions each week. I'm sorry I can only do one question a week. Uh, to be honest with you guys out there, I get a lot of the same questions, so typically what I try to do is find the one that is similar, and that's usually the one I go with. I've had some people ask me, hey, how do I you know, do this? So, And, of course, again, all you got to do is Google Rick Strickland, you know, strict hitting. Um, you know, on Facebook, you know, Rick Strickland, St. Louis Pirates Nation. All you got to do is come in contact with that. These guys are here to help. I know Rick does a lot of stuff on Facebook Live, and a lot of you guys have caught that as well. So let's take it on now to our Ask Rick segment. See you on the other side. Hey, Jim. Thanks for having me again on the show this week. Uh, very excited, as always, to be here to answer questions, um, um, talk about my experiences in baseball, and be able to hopefully be able to help some of the families that listen to the show make some good, solid baseball decisions to move forward. Uh, before I get into the question of the week, just want to let you know uh, uh, I'm going to be taking off to go down to, to Florida here in the next couple of days as an MLB uh, consult, swing consultant is what I want to call my job description, and that is to get an opportunity to go down there and work with some, uh, some organizations, top minor league players, and you know, hopefully we can help them uh, with the swing program, put them on the path of, uh, of advancing their career. This week's question was regarding uh, switch hitting uh, and a young fellow that's 15 years old that wants to go out and become a switch hitter, but some are coaches reluctant to, to have him do that because he feels like it may be uh, um, uh, put his team at a disadvantage by letting a kid go out and, and try to create an uh, uh, opportunity to improve himself by being a switch hitter. First of all, it's a great question because Myself, I was a switch hitter growing up, and I didn't start that until my freshman year in college. Uh, as an instructor, uh, I try to not get guys to switch hit. And what I mean by that, you know, when you have young guys going up, growing up, it's probably best that those guys learn how to dominate, you know, the game from one particular side. So if this particular 15-year-old kid is very good at one particular side and wants to branch out and you know, try to learn a second position, that's great. But if you're just okay, mediocre at one side, uh, it's not going to really put you at an advantage by switching uh, uh, unless you can do it fair, fairly well. And that doesn't answer the question, but ultimately the decision-making becomes down. If, if switch hitting is important to you and you really want to do that, then you may have to look at alternative uh, opportunities to, to, to help do the things that you want to do on a baseball field, which is switch it. So that, that means you know, grabbing some extra games with some other teams, uh, during a week, during a league game or something like that, so you can get your hacks in or going down to the cage or playing up to get some extra action in so you can, you can learn how to hit both ways from both sides of the plate. Those are options as well. You know, and if you're really good at it, you know, the coach would have no, no um, uh, problem, I don't think, with allowing you to switch it if, you know, you're really good at doing them both. 
Uh, I think the reaction of the coach may be at this point in time, he don't think that that's going to be a uh, a viable option to help the team at this point in time. But who knows? It's February. Yeah, uh, I don't know if you're coaching with him, if he's had an opportunity to see you hit. But, and if he has seen you hit, he's probably giving you some pretty good advice about that's probably not the path that you want to take right now because maybe you're not uh, – the skill level to switch it at this time may not be up to the, the to par to, to be able to compete at the level that the team's going to compete at. So tough question. I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer for it. I mean, you make the best decision you can possibly make, and you move on from there. Um, but uh, switching is a tough thing to, to crack, and the earlier you do it, uh, the better, the more practice you get with it, the better. And when I say practice, I'm not always talking about games. It's just, you know, in order to switch it, you got to take a ton of swings. Uh, you have to you'd be able to create mobility on both sides of the body uh, because the body's moving a little bit differently that way. So uh, that was my two cents, Jim. I'm getting ready to head down the, the sunny Florida here in a couple of days. Uh, I'll be able to take the call and be able to answer the questions when I'm down south, Jim. So thanks again for having me on the show. Look forward to talking to you guys real soon. Great stuff as always, and I cannot tell you how much I appreciate that guy being a part of my kid's life and, and really helping him and grow with his maturity and his his own confidence in his game. Uh, Rick's done amazing things for him as he has for many kids, and I feel blessed to uh, to be a part of of his program. Great show this week. I hope you enjoyed it. Again, I you know when I have the opportunity to get a guy like Steve Springer on, uh, it, it means a lot to me that he cares enough and that he's you know thinks enough of our show to use it as a platform. His message. You know, it resonates, um, it applies, it carries, it has longevity to it because uh, the one thing I think that we as parents tend to do is try to make things black and white. Well, for coaches, they're not black and white. I'm sorry. They see your kids in a different light than we do. They don't have dad glasses on. They don't have mom glasses on. And I'm not even saying that those things are awful because they're a part of reality, okay? Guys like me, I do it all the time. I say, hey, you know, I'm not that dad. I don't, But I love my son. So I, there's going to be times where I might not see things as a coach sees them. Plus not to mention that, you know, my co- you know our coach is going to see him every day. And, you know, <laughs> It doesn't make my kid a bad kid. It doesn't make him a bad baseball player. It doesn't make him an awful human being. But, you know, if he's not giving the effort at practice, if he's not uh, applying the things that they're teaching him to make corrections, those are all important things that go into playing time. Those are all important things that go into success and failure. Those are all important things that, you know, we sometimes don't think of as parents. There are things we don't want to think. We don't want to believe that our kids at practice are not working hard enough. We don't want to believe that coach is working with our son and telling him, you've got to stop doing this, you've got to do this, and yet he continues to do it. I, we don't think about those things. It's just natural. I'm sorry. I, it, it, and it's not even wrong. I'm not saying that. But these are the things that make me want to have guys like Steve Springer on because you've got to be mentally tough. If you're going to have any success in this game, you got to be mentally tough. And even some of the guys that have played this game at a high level that we've watched play, I can, I'm not going to say their names now, but they've been on my team, on my favorite team before, and I watch them and I just think, God, I wish you'd care more. They care, okay? They care. You can't play that game at that level and not care and not, and not be mentally tough. Mentally tough is the one thing, in my opinion, that I've seen over the years as I become more knowledgeable about this that separates the ones that move on from the ones that get left behind. So I think it's important stuff. Qualityatbats.com. You won't go wrong there. Again, thanks to my friends at uh, The Rope Trainer. They help make the show possible as they do each and every week. It's an amazing product. I can't say enough about it. Again, Earl Perrin, Chris Verna, John Smoltz, thank you for your support and belief in Youth Baseball Talk. I encourage everybody to go to theropetrainer.com. As John Smoltz says, everyone should have one from big leaguers to little leaguers. And don't forget now, you softballers out there, they have a softball one now as well. Uh, They are changing lives. They are helping kids. They are helping people extend their careers. They are doing things uh, scientifically that are now proven to help. Make sure you check it out, theropetrainer.com. Uh, thanks again to lineupmedia.fm for allowing us to use this wonderful studio and letting us be a part of their wonderful network. I encourage you to check it out. They have great content. Podcasting is the wave of the future. It's where it's going. No offense, but radio's on the way out, folks. People want to listen when they want to listen. That's the great thing about podcasting. Check out lineupmedia.fm. Podcast content growing every day. 
no matter what you find interesting, you might be a Cowboys fan, they got a show for that. You might be just a general baseball fan, Major League, they got a show for that. Uh, if you're in the St. Louis area, they've got uh, three or four St. Louis Blues shows, a Cardinals show. There's so many shows that they have that might uh, tickle that itch you have for entertainment. So make sure you check them out, lineupmedia.fm. Uh, my producer, Brian, who works so hard every week to make sure the show sounds uh, somewhat deliverable to you guys and, and coherent, but uh, he does a great job, and I couldn't do the show without him. Uh, once again, for Steve Springer, Justin Stone, Rick Strickland, Jim Cromer, this is Youth Baseball Talk. We'll see you next week. Tune in next week for another edition of Youth Baseball Talk. Subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to the show. Find us online at youthbaseballtalk.com, facebook.com slash youthbaseballtalk, or on Twitter at Podcast Baseball. Plus, check out all of our podcasts at lineupmedia.fm. This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.